Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. We're less than five weeks from Election Day, and this was a week with major implications for races across the country. I think there are a lot of candidate quality issues starting <laughs> to emerge here. I think that's We've right. We've got, it turns out, 299 uh, mega cult election deniers that are now on the ballot, a majority of Republicans on the ballots across the country are now uh, officially, you know, deniers of the election. And we have some other candidate quality issues that we'll get into. Georgia, where Herschel Walker's campaign is having a pretty horrible week. And yeah, you don't want to have Dr. Oz dox it for you. Alex, where do you want to start? Well, I tempted to talk about the Senate, but we'll get to that in a minute. You hit the nail on the head, Joe. There are a ton of election deniers on the ballot right now. And one of the questions we often get, and this is this is either people in the questions on iTunes, people emailing that trippy show at gmail.com, or some of the feedback that we're getting from the union, which if you want to go help stop these election deniers, you can go to jointheunion.us, sign up. We're actually going to be launching some pretty cool tools in the next couple of days where you can actually go pick where you can get involved really quickly. But the question, Joe, is this. Why are we still talking about the big lie, the election deniers? They've got to be mostly the fringe, right? I mean, how big of a threat is it right now? No, they're, they're not the fringe. They are. The fringe is the mainstream now, the Republican Party. I mean, look, we, we told you there were 222 districts with higher Democratic performance than New York 19, which we won with Ryan outperforming Biden by a few points. Uh, so there's 222 districts that have higher Democratic performance uh, than New York 19. And we're finding out why that's pretty important. A new report in the Washington Post today, uh, we'll put it in our show notes for those of you who haven't read it or seen it yet. They confirmed that there are 299 MAGA cult election deniers on your ballots for the House, the Senate, Key statewide state off state races like governor and 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 more importantly, you know, or Secretary of State, yeah. Secretary of State, yeah. And it's a majority. In other words, a clear majority now of Republicans who have won their nominations for the, those various offices are now officially the people who've been denied that Biden was elected or you know, had serious questions about the last election or, and, and are pledging to, yeah. yeah or, or if they're incumbents in the House or in the Senate voted oh, yeah, to, they against certifying him. Voted against certifying. And here's the, the, the scary part. Uh, of those 299, the, um, the Post has a, a, a good chart on this, and we'll include a link to it as well. But of those 299 mega cult election deniers on your ballot, 174 of them, whether in the Cook report or, you know, some of the 538 or some of the other people that are putting these, you know, races into categories, 174 of them are safe, either in, in solid red mega districts or, you know, some of them don't even have opposition. And we, when you think about that, uh, 174 of them are safe. They're there are like 52 of these MAGA candidates, election deniers, who are in toss-up kind of elections, too close to call, tight and not, you know, one way or the other districts. I mean, they could swing either way. Uh, obviously, some of those are the governor's races and secretary of state races we talked about. 
but there are 27 of them in toss-up house seats. So right now, and man, we're going to put the list of them in the show notes because that's where the, this is where all of us, at least on the house side, can do the most good, right? I mean, you've got 27 toss-up house seats in which a Democrat is running against an mega cult election denier, and it's a toss-up. You know, whether Cook has it as a toss-up or 538, or there's polling out that shows it's a dead heat. That's where we need to concentrate concentrate our fire. There's obviously um, Secretary of State. And, you know, uh, I do think uh, we can get into a couple of them here, Alex. Which which ones do you... I know Ohio One is one of your favorites to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, our friends, Chris Gibbs and David Pepper were on the other day. They talked a lot about... Actually, there's three in Ohio. Uh, we I, I mentioned yep. two of them when we were doing our prep. But obviously, Ohio One, that's North Cincinnati. It's a new district after redistricting. Uh, the incumbent is Steve Shabbat. He's a Republican election denier. And it's interesting because Biden actually won his new district by a couple of points. So this is a really, really competitive race. The Democrats, a guy named Greg Landsman, you should definitely check him out. Go give him 20 bucks. Go spend an hour making calls. That is a race we can really one of the kind of key races I'll be watching at least to see if, if we have any shot. Because if we can knock off a Republican incumbent, yeah, Biden won the district, but that means our performance is going to be tracking with what kind of Biden's improved numbers are, what Biden 2020 did. And that, as we saw with Pat Ryan, is essentially the formula here, right? You got right. No, So that's what I mean. These are just examples, folks, of uh, the kind of races that these are now you know, turning into Democratic incumbent uh, Abigail uh, Stanberger in uh, Virginia 7th, another one running against Vesley uh, Vagan. Uh, another election denier there. Uh, and again, these are races that are very tight, very close. They will decide whether, in a lot of ways, these and the Secretary of State's races, particularly if, if uh, we can pick up a seat or two in the House, uh, in the Senate, I mean, these races and the Secretary of State's races are becoming critical, these 27 that we're talking about. Another one's Republican incumbent Ken Calvert in California 41 running, uh, you know, who's an election denier, uh, running against Democrat Will Rollins. Calvert is like also very anti-LGBTQ. We'll probably have more on him later. But these are the kind of races. And, we'll, you know, again, we're going to put the whole list of the 27 so you can see them in the show notes or a link to them, a link to the, Wall the Washington Post uh, chart. But that's where we need to uh, focus our, our firepower. And, you know, and the real interesting thing is that about the same time, we're starting to see where all this ultra mega money is coming from. I mean, it's the same time that the Washington Post uh, came out today uh, with this list of the 299. There was also a report that issue one, you know, pretty interesting, not interesting, issue one's a group that really has been, you know, looking at you know, how to build a pro-democracy policy coalition and just sort of reports out, does a lot of research and reports out and their analysis, you know, of who's funding these election deniers, particularly in their, in this case for the secretary of state races, just really shows you how coordinated the, the assault on our, our elections are. Yeah. 
Well, uh, let me let me let me quote the report for you, and then and then Joe, I want to I want you to kind of dive into it. it sure, they of pointed out that the the Secretary of State candidates, the election den- deniers, have collectively raised quote more than twelve million for their campaigns this cycle, including basically half of it, five point eight million, by the election deniers who won in their primaries and are on the ballot this year. So the, the money is just pouring in. You look at a race like Karamo in Michigan. Yeah, yes. these are not. By the, yeah, I know, but these are not. Right, look, secretaries of states races don't raise twelve million bucks. It doesn't happen. I mean, they're usually, you know, no one even knows who the you know, again where this is part of the problem because usually it's so it's down in the ballot, and you know the candidates for secretary of state have a hard time raising money because there's not a lot of focus on them. But but these these folks, these election deniers, have somehow you know pulled in 12 million bucks i mean well, for, it's not somehow reasons, though not, right like yeah this was exactly. a coordinated effort yeah they identified this this is like we need to stop and i'm not saying you're doing this because you've been way out yeah. front of this for a long time but we have this kind of thing in the party and in the media too where something happens and we're like whoa this just happened it didn't just happen this took years there are some very smart I absolutely twisted people on the other side who said probably 10, 15 years ago, implementing a plan. No one's focusing on these races. We're just going to quietly go in for a million, maybe a million two in some of these races and win them. And hey, yeah, we woke up this time. The Democratic money cannon turned on. And that's how a race like Michigan or Colorado, all of a sudden it's five or six million. And we need every penny of it because. Yeah, because they're going to they're they're election deniers. (laughs) They're going to uh, make sure that, the, as as Trump likes to say, it's not who votes, it's who counts the votes. And of course, they're they're put, pouring their money into Secretary of State races. Uh, I mean, this thing, you know, Patrick Byrne, the founder and former CEO of online retailer Overstock.com, who notably had an affair with a Russian agent which and financed, yeah, <laughs> financed a, a Fox documentary on the steel. Trump had him to the White House to discuss how to overturn the election. He's one of the people that's been, you know, putting money into these Secretary of State's races. But I mean, this is in the the report that Issue One put out today. We'll also include a link uh, to their report. Uh, but along with Lewis and Margaret Topper, largest Wendy's franchise owner in America, with over three hundred Wendy stores, they're funding. A lot of the, the these uh, election deniers uh, running for Secretary of State, the Uline family, some of the biggest conservative donors in the country, they're funding, uh, showing up here, funding election deniers for Secretary of State. And, and here's my the one that just says it all: two fake electors, Mark Hennessy and Marion Sheridan, who were both signed on as fake electors, uh, one in Georgia and one in Michigan. It turns out they're also sending thousands of dollars to people running for secretary of state. And of course, wait, yes, geez. I mean, you know, should have been top of the list. But of course, uh, it turns out Trump's PAC itself, the Save America PAC, is also just happens to be showing up in all these, in a lot of these uh, secretary of state races. And so that money is swamping some of the Democrats, not all of them, but a lot of them because they are 
you know, lower down on the ballot, less known, uh, less well known, uh, have trouble raising money. It, you know, there's a machinery at work here to make sure the Republican election deniers running for secretary of state are well funded. And these two, all, a lot of these are toss up kind of races or races, even where the Democrats are ahead, it's in single digits. You know, there are places like Michigan, Arizona, they are uh, Georgia, they are all across the country. And, you know, the first thing is there's 299 election deniers. I mean, again, you, you know, a, a majority of the Republicans running for the Senate and the House for governor, for secretary of state, a majority of them, 299 of them are mega cult election deniers who are running for office. And like I said, 174 of them are in likely Republican safe seats. So, uh, or, or races that the, you know, Republican state in a statewide race that are, you know, are not battlegrounds. And so the 52 or so, I think it is, there are battlegrounds that are in toss ups. We got to beat every single one of them. And 27 of them will decide who has the majority in the House of Representatives. You know, 27 races that are toss-ups where election deniers are the nominee, along with the 139 or so who voted not to certify Biden in the first place. I mean, this is why we've been saying from the get-go that it is democracy versus autocracy, and that we have to keep doing the work and hope, uh, I mean, not hope, they're doing the crazy, but hope enough Americans realize how crazy it is or would be to send a majority of election deniers to either take the Senate or the House uh, or any branch of our government. Joel, let's get there because there are a couple articles in, in both 538 and the New York Times this week that I thought were really interesting. It seems like they're listening to you because a couple of them, one of them, I think Nate Cohn's blog is is titled it's time to take the Democrats' chances in the House seriously. So yeah, there's these 27, but we have a shot at holding them off, right? Anything strike you as interesting? Yeah, no, I mean, everybody is moving, you know, is moving towards recognizing that it's not going to be a red wave, that there's, you know, uh, that the early punditry was wrong about, you know, what was happening here. And you're starting to see, I mean, I, I think I mentioned on one of the last shows that, you know, Carl Rove's moved his numbers, you know, in the House to saying the Republicans will pick up, you know, just 20 seats from his, you know, 40 or whatever it was earlier in the year. But yeah, uh, Nate Cohen said, the idea that Democrats can hold the House is not as ridiculous, implausible, or far-fetched as it seemed before the Dobbs ruling overturned Roe v. Wade. It is a real possibility, not some abstraction in the sense that anything can happen. In fact, not much would need to happen at all. And this is, you know, Nate Cohen, you know, saying this, you know, these are all places that were, you know, in the, hey, it's going to be a wipeout kind of year because that's what happens, you know, in a midterm. And the, the interesting thing about that Nate Cohen article uh, or piece, he asked Dave Wasserman whether he thought Democrats would actually be leading the House projections today if there was good polling in all those districts. And Wasserman, said they would. With, and here's the interesting number. With Democrats leading the polls, 
in maybe 220 to 225 seats, more than the 218 needed for a majority. We've been saying here for weeks that there were 222 seats that had better Democratic performance than New York 19 after Ryan won New York 19. Kind of fascinating how everything's sort of moving to something we've been talking uh, about in months. And part of it is, and we've said this, look, we needed help. I mean, we had to have candidate quality problems on the other side, extremists. Uh, and I think this report of 299, you know, mega cult election deniers, a majority of the Republican Party on your ballot is, you know, for, for these critical races, Senate, House, Governor, Secretary of State. You know, I think that just keeps the, you know, making the point that it's it, that I've been saying, too, that the extremism in the party is tainting all their candidates now. I mean, particularly when it's a majority of them. And I think that's why Molinaro lost in New York 19. Uh, he wasn't a, a mega cult uh, nut. You know, I, I think that was Canary in the coal mine saying there's a problem here. The Republican Party has a real problem with the extremism. And I think cult not, you know, election deniers is not going to help us in, in these closing days of this one. So, so we'll see how it goes. But I, that's where I think, and we're, you know, and we're seeing crazier and crazier stuff, right? I mean, right. Uh, As you they've predicted. got candidate quality problems all over the place. Well, and you, you think, let's get to that Mitch McConnell candidate quality thing. I won't let us go without talking about Georgia and Pennsylvania this week. I mean, let's, we don't need to rehash a lot wait, of wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm looking through the show notes here and you say the economist's new model has Dems keeping the house? Yeah, that was a new one. And then 538's model, I think, has our chances at like 40%. And th those numbers are still going up consistently. You know, the other place they're going up? In the in the uh, in the betting markets, I noticed that uh, today. Yeah, uh, yeah, today uh, I was looking at it, and the the betting markets are starting to Democrat chances, uh, Democratic Party's chances of of uh, holding the House are actually going up in the markets right now. Which well, is and, always and that's a really interesting one because the the thing about the betting markets is, as you know, Joe, it's like all the insiders are on them. So there's people yeah. in there betting on it's like insider trading to the max because you can go take an internal poll that no one's seen and go go bet on it. So, right. so for for the betting markets to be saying that is I actually think in a lot of ways there, there are may some, be some Republicans some 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 Republicans uh, who have insight into their internal polling going on there, but right. something's happening for sure. Right. So let's get to the Senate before we close out the show this week. I I, I honestly. I don't really even know where to start, but let's go to Georgia. If you listen to it, you definitely know what's going on. If you don't, look it up. But Herschel Walker, who's, remember, he's for a total abortion ban, total, paid for a woman to have an abortion. And by the way, that woman that he claimed not to know is the mother of one of his kids. And there's a whole firestorm on it there. And I, I want to get beyond just kind of recapping it, Joe, and, and, and ask yeah. you, like, how, what is this? mean not for not so much for the race, but what does this say about the party right now? Well, it look, if you think the GOP is going to abandon Walker over this, it's like what planet are you on? Right? We we watched, you know, Trump them turn uh, you know, blind eye to everything Trump was doing. You know, the the right is gonna coalesce, is coalescing behind Walker. 
from the Federalist arguing he's the lesser of two evils to watching evangelicals praying for him. You know, uh, you know, it's it's and Dana Loesch. Uh, oh, geez. Formally, I don't even know why she's yeah, in these said she didn't care if he aborted baby eagles. You know, so it's just this is where the GOP is now. It really doesn't matter what you've done. What is really important for 2024 is that, you know, is power, period, and, and accept anything to get it. Charlie Sykes had a good point. This is a preview of how people are are going to line up behind Trump. None of these accusations or charges or hell, even a, a conviction is going to stick with Trump in the GOP base. They're not going to care. Six years into the Trump era, you should stop being surprised. You know, really concerns about character and family values have been overwhelmed by a political culture of whataboutism and rationalizations about binary choices and power. I Miss mean, Charlie Sykes again. One of the the things that I I you know that I did look and thought was right on was what Doug Jones pointed out on Twitter. Uh, you know, Alex and I uh, worked our hearts out for for Doug in, in Alabama, so I I follow what he says on Twitter uh, quite a bit. He said it, it's only he could do it. Quote, folks, it's time to acknowledge that evangelical is no longer a Christian religious label, but a political one focused on political power more than faith. Walker's opponent is an ordained minister whose life has been a demonstration of faith and service. I mean, I don't think you could say it any better. It says, but I don't think it's going to change anything. I think it just, that's the sorry state of what remains of the Republican Party after it's been taken over by this, this MAGA cult that will accept anything it, it, you know, to, you know, enforce their view of what needs to happen. And that that means putting Trump back in the White House in 2024. Right. Sure. Well, and, and it's pretty clear they can't cut bait, that even if they wanted to, because it, it, their map to taking back the Senate is essentially impossible if they don't win this Georgia seat. Polls show Warnock is has had momentum really before this scandal, which if you remember a race in the South we were on where polls started showing a Democrat with momentum before a scandal, um, I think even yeah. even one of the the kind of holdouts that had everybody freaking out was a Republican polling firm. I think they had Warnock down three, three weeks ago. Uh, they released a new one yesterday. Warnock's now up three. So that's a six point swing. So, it, it, you know, I, I don't want to spend... Go ahead. I, no, I just think it's too early to tell. Uh, as you said, I mean, we were there when the the stuff broke uh, on uh on Roy Moore in Alabama and uh everybody in Washington you know the talking heads on TV were all talking about how he's dead he, he he's out of it uh this will destroy him and you know from the tracking cuz you saw it too uh Moore actually grew four points moved into a lead over us because it was the Washington elites and the liars in Washington they're out to stop us and all all the the lies uh that Trump and, and, and Moore were putting out, and the tribalism kicked in, and everybody went to their corners. And I think you're already seeing that. Uh, I mean, the fact, there's two interesting things going on here. One is, given where Joe Biden's numbers are, and they have come up, but given where they're at, Warnock should be down by 10 points in, in uh, Georgia. Fetterman shouldn't be anywhere 
ahead or even in it in a place like Pennsylvania. Ryan in Ohio, no, no way. Shouldn't even be competitive. So that, you know, we've talked about that decoupling before. On the other hand, though, and we, we people, you got to understand this. Yeah, Herschel Walker's within three points of Warnock. After this, he, you know, the first one we've seen, he's, he's within three points of Warnock. You know, as Doug Jones put out, somebody who's been a minister his whole life and, and, and lived a life of service, he's got Herschel Walker, who by all accounts, I mean, by all rights, should be dead politically laying on the side of a road, like a lot of us thought might happen to Trump in 2016, and it didn't. So those two dynamics are really out there. The fact that Democrats are in this environment with inflation, all the, the different things that, are, that, that the Republicans are throwing, and the concerns people really have, and with um, Biden's numbers, you know, being uh, in a place where it should, writ large, really have uh, make life impossible, forget about difficult, but impossible uh, for Democrats, we're competitive just about everywhere. At the same time, their hold, that cult, uh, that'll look the, who, you know, w- which normally all these, the 20, 299 election deniers, the war, I mean, the, the uh, Herschel Walkers, the Dr. Oz's and his problems with, with killing puppies, all of this would be, should be destroying the, them. And it's not happening. I mean, they're, they're, they're behind in a lot of these places, but they're right in the hunt too. And that's why we have to keep stressing about how crazy a threat to democracy they are and how they keep doing the crazy. And we just have to keep doing the work, you know, run through the tape, keep your foot on the gas. As Al Franken said on the show, knock on the doors, just, you know, do not stop. Nothing's more important than this. And he, and he said it was crazily important, uh, this election. And uh, I think it is crazily important that we stop these crazies. Well, we're just about out of time. Before we go, I do just want to point out, it would not surprise me at all if Dr. Oz is the one that dropped the Herschel Walker story, just because he was having a pretty rough week. He has got to be so happy that Herschel Walker had just I mean, sucked but you're the starting news cycle to be a, up. You're starting to be a conspiracy theorist, man. And I just think like we got enough of that on the other side. I don't think there's any way that Dr. Oz dropped the dime on, on Herschel Walker. Now, on the other hand, we do know that this is where it gets really weird, you know, because Mitch McConnell was the one that dropped the, his folks were dropping the oppo book on, on Herschel Walker in the primary, but who else got their hands on it? Because somebody waited. Right. Well, that's about as good a place as any to end it, Joe. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that trippy show. And Alex's weird conspiratorial ideas about Oz nuking Walker. We'll be back this week with our usual show. Um, also, I think, are we doing a Tuesday show? We are. We got Michigan coming up next. Yeah. So we have you, those of you, if you, you listen, we're doing a deep dive on these key states. And we did one on Ohio. You should listen to uh, David Pepper and, and uh, Chris Gibbs in our last episode. We'll be dropping a Tuesday episode with two great friends who know Michigan better than anybody. 
on our, uh, you know, coming up on Tuesday. So make sure you look for that one. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question and review on iTunes. Please subscribe to that trippy show on Apple or wherever you can listen. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.